Hello, everybody. It's Dr. Sophie. Welcome back to our weekly podcast. Thank you for coming back each week. I appreciate the support. Hope you're learning as I do, and we as a community can do much better in raising our children and being happier as a whole. Last week, we talked about passive-aggressive behavior and what exactly it is. We hear it all the time. Is it something that really exists? Is it just an adjective that people really just use to provoke others? We also learned about five distinct possibilities of it, the real subtleties of it, because it does exist. And you can find all of this information on my podcast or on my website, on iTunes or on www.drsophie.com. But you got to learn about passive-aggressive behavior because it's really there. And we got some great tips to help you handle those or yourself if you're exhibiting passive-aggressive behavior. This week, though, the interesting topic of the blame game. How many times do you end up in an argument with somebody because either they're blaming you or you're blaming them, and all you were doing was bringing up some issue that you wanted to discuss, and all of a sudden it became your fault, or all of a sudden you felt you were blaming somebody. Why does that happen? That's what we've got to take a look at today. Why do we constantly blame each other? Why why can't we take responsibility or why can't they take responsibility and do certain relationships because let me tell you something this is key especially for marriage why do certain relationships lead to more blame than others so stay tuned come on back www.drsophie.com or on iTunes all this information 1855 sophie now we got a great guest to talk about blame so joining me today, uh, talking about blame, is Dr. Neil Farber, MD, PhD. He has a BS degree with honors in psychology and completed the dual doctorate program in research and medicine. He's an associate professor of pediatrics, anesthesiology, and pharmacology and toxicology at the Medical College of Wisconsin and a pediatric anesthesiologist at the Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. I can't tell you how much this guy has. Are you with us, Dr. Farber? I am here. Hey, congratulations. You must still be studying. <laughs> always, always. But you must enjoy it. It's uh, an endless journey. But it's good. It's great. So tell us a little bit about you before we talk about blame. I think you've, uh, you've hit the highlights. <clears throat> I've got a degree in psychology. I've written a couple of books, on one on, uh, called The Blame Game, The Complete Guide to Blaming, How to Play and How to Quit. And in that book, we focus on why people blame and, uh, and different ways to get off the blame train. What made you like blame? To, to like study it, write about it? Were you a big blamer? I never thought of myself as a big blamer. But don't they all say that? Everybody says that. Well, everybody blames, but everybody thinks of themselves as not blaming. Yeah, they're the um, victim of just, blame. Just to give you an example, we did a study in our hospital and, um, and some other hospitals among healthcare professionals. And we asked, how often does blaming happen in the operating room or in the perioperative area, the operating room and the preoperative area, the recovery room? And uh, whether we asked technicians or the nurses or the physicians, it was over 75 to 95% of the people felt that it happens moderately often, yeah. blaming and complaining. And then when we said, how often are you involved, it was less than 10%. Huh, interesting. So people can't even take responsibility for blaming. <laughs> exactly, but why? Well, that goes back to uh, kind of your earlier question. 
of why I did this, that I thought that I was a responsible person and I had uh, made a lot of choices and I thought I took responsibility for my choices, but I realized that, uh, that there were certain things that I wasn't happy about in my job and I was blaming other people for it right. instead of taking the responsibility to make those changes. And that's a lot of it is sometimes we, because we're a society just entrenched in blame, Sometimes it's just to shift responsibility away from ourselves so we avoid being accountable. Other times it's more aggressive and we blame to hurt others. Okay. Um, but let me ask you so, a question. Why, would, why are we entrenched in a culture of blame? I mean, how did we get there? And, and like, I don't understand. Like, did we, we just pass that on? Well, people have been blaming for uh, since the... Uh, since Adam and Eve, when Adam blamed Eve for uh, having him take a bite of the apple, and she turned around and blamed the serpent. That's hmm. the very first thing that we read about. So are you, are you telling me then that that's just kind of like an innate human thing to do? Well, it, it may be in part innate. Even lowland gorillas who are trained to use sign language uh, turn out that they finger point and blame someone else when something happens in the in their lives. So uh, we see kids from the earliest age, infants, pointing before they are even verbal. So I, I think there is an innate factor and a lot of things that we have, happiness, positivity, those kind of things are about 50% genetically based and about 50% okay. are, are nurturing. So maybe it's uncomfortable to ever kind of point the finger at yourself even as a kid and it's just kind of where our society has gone. So we are in a culture of pointing fingers and blaming. And we do what you say for several reasons, to shift responsibility, to hurt somebody else. Why else would we want to do blame? And is it a conscious thing? Um, sometimes it's an unconscious thing. That's a good point. Sometimes it's, it's unconscious, and those may be the... Hard to say whether those parts are nature or nurture, but somebody sideswipes your car or goes to a red light and makes you jam on the brake and spill your coffee and immediately your heart rate blood pressure go up and you point your finger and you start yelling and uh, and blaming right but you're saying though that that just kind of automatic that's an automatic it's reaction an automatic response a knee jerk it's like getting your knee hit for a reflex it just comes out even before it's consciously processed. So should people feel bad that that's their first response? I think it, it can become a, we can learn, just like we can automatically think negative thoughts, but we can have learned optimism. And I think taking responsibility is similar, that even if that's a natural first response for people, right. there's a big process that we can go through. It's a simple process, but it does take practice on how to not make that your first response because it the person who ran through the red light and I jam on my brakes I can blame them or not but they don't even know that I'm doing it it's only unhealthy for me it has nothing to do with them right and that's a really key point that blame is really only unhealthy for the blame e exactly blame er so like if I'm blaming you it doesn't really affect you it's really affecting me Exactly. But talk about how it is affecting me as the blamer. Um, well, it's similar to people that have anger and resentment. There's lots of studies on forgiveness research that show 
that when you forgive someone, you have a lot of health and wellness benefits, including even an improved immune system. Right. But you have so, to forgive. So, but in sometimes, just to tell you one other question or thought, when you're forgiving, it's not about always forgiving me, forgiving you. It's me forgiving me, too, for what exactly. role I played. So does that kind of theory still, does that go with blame as well? Yes, because uh, similar to uh, being angry and forgiving, uh, there are times that we blame ourselves. Uh, there are times that we blame ourselves sincerely, or there, there are times that we blame ourselves when... Uh, when it starts to rain and we say, oh, this is my fault because I have just finished saying how beautiful the weather's been. But do we always know when we're blaming ourselves or is that a difficult place to get to own? I think when, uh, when people are blaming themselves, that's, uh, it's similar to their native reaction to think negatively, that people um, often get into a a habit of blaming themselves or people, especially with lower self-esteem that often have been blamed by others, may start to own some of that. Okay. Let's, let's, I want to read you a question from Mimi in Buffalo. She's asking, I've heard that it's often actually good to blame others, at least in your head, so you're not always taking all the responsibility for things. Is that correct? What do you think? Oh, I disagree with that. I'm sorry. Um, I... I believe that as soon as we blame others, we give them our remote control. We say, you are responsible for my life. I'm no longer responsible for this part of my life. There are a few things in my life that other people that I don't control. I don't control anybody else's responses or actions or thoughts or feelings. But anything to do with me, I control all my thoughts, my feelings, my words, my actions, and my reactions. And... As soon as I say, oh, this was your fault, then I'm taking away my own control and my own ability to really make changes right. and, and have choices. And if somebody doesn't really want to do that, that's a perfect fit. But if exactly. you want to grow and evolve and have a much more meaningful and connected life, you got to look at yourself and change. And so the minute you blame others, you're giving them, as you say, the remote control to change your channel. Exactly. Got it. Okay. So um, let's take a voicemail. Hey, Dr. Sophie. This is Payam. I just had a quick question. I was wondering how I could explain to my roommate the difference between blaming someone for something and getting mad at them for doing something wrong. Thank you. That's an interesting thing. Explaining the difference between blaming someone and getting mad at someone who did something wrong. And, you know, that's where I think a lot of people get caught because they're trying to tell somebody in a adult communicative verbal way like what you did wasn't right and because the person it how it falls onto them they either hear it or process it they think that you're blaming them and then it's off to the races how do you do that in a better way i think that's a, a fabulous question and and the answer is through positive communication to make the difference between uh... being accountable and doing a, like a root cause analysis let's see why am i first of all to look and say why am i mad about this or why did i think this was wrong okay and then look at yourself and say do i have any role in this before we get mad at someone else and could i have changed this myself and if the answer is no i really couldn't or here's my role but it's limited and this other person did have a role 
then if you're going to address it because it's important to you, then if it's important to you, then I think it should be addressed. Okay. And if it's addressed, you should be looking at things like either you're improving safety or efficiency or satisfaction that you're not happy about something. And so, so when those things are important, you address them, but you recruit the other person so that they can help make the change. Every time we point a finger, then their hands go up, and the first comment is, I didn't do that, or I didn't mean to do that, and they get defensive, and now they're no longer part of the process. Got it. Okay, so what you're really saying is, if you're going to go at somebody about doing something wrong, do the inventory of yourself, own what you should own, and then discuss it in a collaborative way as you have some responsibility, they have some responsibility, and together, as a team, you'll make it better the next time. Precisely. Otherwise, if you just want to vent, well, you can do that, but then the next time the same thing is going to happen or they're going to avoid you, and it's not a way to to make friends or influence people to Got be it. able to, to do that. In, in the hospital, in ho- any hospital, they will have committees to look at medication errors or other kinds of errors that are made. Right. And if everybody goes in the room and points their finger at the one person who made the error, then it's just a finger-pointing exercise. But right. we won't change a process or a system. We won't improve anything right. unless it's done in a non-blaming way, and they can admit their accountability, and they can claim what they own, and then they can help look at the rest of the process and say, well, here's why I, why I did that because of this, and that allows us to look at other systems that improve everything. Right, so barriers go down because it's emotionally safe for everybody to kind of share and own. Exactly, well put. Good, okay, let's do another voicemail. Hi, Dr. Sophie, I'm a teacher, and I am constantly bombarded with students who point the fingers at each other and are pointing the blame for each other's mistakes, and I was wondering if you had any solutions to rectify this and teach my kids how to not place blame on others. I really appreciate it. Thanks. That's interesting. I think that's a little bit more, some of the stuff you talked about just a minute ago about positive communication. Exactly. So give us some of those tips and kinds of ways for just in general for people to approach those kinds of things, especially when they're supervisors or their teachers or their parents, because that's a lot of our listeners. Well, I think a lot of, um, especially in schools, this teacher had called, there's, there child doesn't do well in school, the parents blame the teacher, the teacher blames the parents, everybody blames the child, but sometimes it passes over there. So instead of anybody saying, okay, let's sit down together and figure this out, we are throwing blame back and forth. And I think one of the ways that we can, in general, look to decrease blame, often we make what's called fundamental attribution errors. And so Basically, when I do something, I usually think of myself as a good person. So if I do something wrong or negative or bad, I blame something outside of me, something external. So I was late for an appointment. My, uh, my last appointment showed up late, and that's why I'm late for this, and that's why I went through this red light, because someone else did something. Okay. When I see someone else go through a red light, I don't, I don't think of external things. I think that's a, not a nice person. Right, right, and exactly. So I make an attribution about their personality that they're not, not a good person, not a respectful person, they don't care about anyone else, 
And so it makes it easy to blame them instead of having a causal attribution that I can say, well, they probably did this because their house was on fire or because they were late to pick up something that that was really important to them or they just got bad news. And if I can make up a reason, because when I do it myself, I have reasons. So if I can make up a reason for someone else, for them to do something like that, then all of a sudden my blood pressure will go down, my heart rate goes down, I'll, I'll breathe a little bit slower, I'll relax, my shoulders won't be so tense, right. and I'll have a better day, and I won't go around complaining about what this person did to everybody else, and then kind of spreading right. all the negativity around. But that's not giving me permission, though, to do it myself, do you think? Oh, correct. No. Okay. It's, it's saying, when I'm looking at other people, if I, if I can approach them and say, okay, let's talk about this, you just did that, and it's important to me, that should be done first. I agree with that. Okay. But if it's something that you can't do anything about or it doesn't right. rise to the level of, I'm going to get out of my car and talk to this person, yeah. then instead of me holding this inside and being all upset about it, that's one of the ways that we can let it go is okay. decrease the number of times you're making these, these attribution errors and think uh, that people are better than you may Think uh, they want it. Think. Yeah, no, I get it. Okay, so the other question, though, is so you have an accident at the stoplight and somebody hits me. I'm sitting there. It's not my fault. I blame them, but do I have to take ownership in that and or just positive communication when I get out of the car and I talk to the person and it's an understanding, even though we don't speak it, that it's their fault, still positively communicate and what? Um, because I'm going to feel blaming I think the them. Outcome, it's, it's funny because even legally, when people talk about that now, even in certain places, laws have changed that way. So that used to be when you get out of a car, nobody would ever want to say, if you hit someone, you'd never say, I'm sorry, because that's an automatic, uh, you're, at, you're at fault, and now we can sue you. And, and uh, there are places now that have changed that. So it opens it up a little bit to more positive communication. Right. Okay. I have another question. though. Um, our voicemail also asked us as the teacher, does she need to be careful about pointing the finger at these children, even if it is their fault? And I, I want to hear what you have to say, and I, I have my own thoughts. But go ahead. You go first. Well, I, I think that uh, <laughs> we, I'm a, I'm a teacher as well, uh, teaching at the medical school, and... Uh, and it's always a concern because you're always worried about repercussions and the uh, kind of dominoes of what's going to happen after I do this. Um, and so, again, rather than pointing a finger and doing it, whenever we say pointing a finger, we think of it as, as uh, an aggressive behavior. But if we can sit down and say, okay, what is your role here? Right. And what are your responsibilities? So again, having placed ownership on everyone a little bit so that everyone feels they're part of it and not part of it and there's not one single down person and making it overall emotionally safe. Exactly. Okay. We just got an email from Emily in Texas and she's saying, well, what if you're going to sit down and you're going to communicate positively with somebody, but they're not engaging that with you? If they either don't do it back or they're not seeing that in themselves, how, like, where do you go from that place? It depends on who the person is. If it's uh, if it's somebody that you 
just an acquaintance who you don't uh, need to continue a relationship with, uh, then you have to make a value judgment of how important is this if this if this person isn't dedicated to making a change. One of the ways that we can help that process is by not using as many words of you, look what you did, here's what you did, here's when you did this, but to use I statements. I feel really disappointed, I feel really hurt when this happens. Okay, so again... It opens up someone's heart a lot more than, look at what you did again. So you're helping them lower their defensive walls and being safer to come out. Yes. Okay, all right, so so we got... A lot of I statements and a lot of here's what I feel... Got it. Okay. One more voicemail. Hold Hi, on. Hi, Dr. Sylvie. This is Caroline from Ohio. And so I'm not really a confrontational person. I don't really fight with people. I don't blame people for things. Like, I take responsibility for my actions. Except there's two people in my life that I really feel like I fight with. And I, like, we blame each other for everything. And I just don't really, I can't wrap my head around it. And, you know, it's my boyfriend and my mother. And... I don't know what's going on, and I don't know why these relationships bring, the, like, the worst out in me. And I would just love to know what your thoughts are, and given, like, the type of person I am, and really, like, not liking fighting and confrontations and blaming people for for things, like, why do these relationships, like, really bring out the blame in me? So, and the feistiness in me, so I would love to know what you have to say. Thank you so much. That's a great question. I am so sure everybody listening is going to ask that because there are those relationships that you know better than we do that ignite fires of blame. I mean, why those relationships? I think in part it's because those are relationships that are deeper and meaningful and we look and we think of those as being lifetime relationships and we want everything to be perfect. Okay. And I think that we often have these icebergs that that are deeply buried where something happens and we don't just look at that thing that happened we look at what that might mean and then what that might mean and at the bottom what what's kind of buried in that iceberg and what's the root of this and what that that uh, big picture is and so we kind of extrapolate based on on certain things that are superficial that we see so that that may be part of it but i think in in coming out of that because these relationships are really important I think that's the time to go back to to sitting down and just discussing not about in in general it's good to discuss about one specific thing and keep it specific but when it's kind of a global phenomenon then it's nice to sit down and just say you know I'd really love to have a conversation with you and and discuss what's going on because I don't feel good about it I love you I care for you and I want things to be better and I want to kind of sit down and collaborate on how we can get there okay so these relationships specifically because you're highly emotionally invested in them whether you want to be or not are the ones that really spark it up and so it's important to if it's not one incident and it seems to be a way of communicating as a dynamic between you and this person it's better to sit down and kind of go through it methodically with ownership emotional safety I statements to get to a better place and a better overall dynamic is that Kind of fair. Exactly. And to start off by saying, here's why I want to do this, because I don't want to get into another conflict, I don't want to get into another argument, because I don't like them, and it's become our way, and together I think maybe we can work on a different way, because I really care. Got it. 
Okay. So one more quick question. We have an email from Tommy in San Diego, and he's saying, even when I'm just trying to have a simple discussion about something, my girlfriend often gets really upset and claims I blame her for everything. How should I deal with this? So I think, again, we go back to what you've been telling us, positive communication, start in a safe way, own your piece of it, and just overall, let's learn how to do this in a better way so that we both come out feeling not beat up with a product that helps us communicate better. Is that like the thing we should be having people do? You summarized it beautifully. So then tell me. As soon as, as, soon as people use the word you and start off a sentence with you. The walls go up. You, then, it's, then even if you don't say the word blame, it's, it's a form of blame. You're saying it anyway. <laughs> yes. Got it. Okay. So tell us where we can find more of you. Uh, well, I'm on uh, psychologytoday.com. Okay. And I write uh, regular uh, art- articles uh, on their online site. And uh, it's called The Blame Game. I've got a book with the same title, The Blame Game, The Complete Guide to Blaming, How to Play and How to Quit. How do we find that book? It is on Amazon, uh, Amazon Amazon.com, and some Barnes & Noble stores. Got it. And then just a few weeks ago, uh, released another book called Making Lemonade. Ah, very nice. What's that about? Uh, It's 101 recipes to convert negatives into positives. Ah. A lot of the things that we were just talking about. Um, but not just about responsibility, but about uh, other facets of your life and how to, when you think something bad, how do you change that into something good? That's so important because that's, people struggle with that every single day. That's true. I love the title, Making Lemonade. We've got to get that book. All right. I want to pre- thank you so much for your insight, your, your research, and your book. And I mean, it's very helpful information because you're taking a very volatile, everyday issue and we're kind of drilling it down, making it simple for people to be able to get through life and communicate better. Well, I appreciate it, and uh, greatly appreciate you having me on your show, Dr. Absolutely. Thank you for all your hard work and your help in change the world. Dr. Neil Farber, thank you. Wow, that was interesting. So we talked about the blame game, and we had Dr. Neil Farber with us. He's from Wisconsin. Lots of good information. He's written a book on it, blaming, and really trying to really take a look at it, but in a simple way. And I think there's Lots of key points to take away from today, but to keep it simple, I think the best thing to understand about blame is it's not something new to our society. We've had it. It's a cultural thing. There's research that shows it. Dr. Farber talks about some of the animal studies and even young infants who, you know, point and blame and all of that kind of thing when things go wrong. So it's there. We've got to know that. I think the other important thing is some of the times that we're blaming are conscious and some are not conscious and we're not aware of it all the time. It just becomes a natural thing. So really kind of take a look at your life, do some inventory about how often you just click into blame because that's a big issue. I think it's also important that we learn today that when you do want to look at blame, change it, and be able to kind of have a better outcome with someone, you got to own your piece of it. You have to make it emotionally safe when you're going to talk to somebody about it, their role, your role. And I think the other important thing is we learned today to use I statements versus you statements, because even though you may not think you're blaming the other person, but when you say you could have or shouldn't have or why did you, automatically you're blaming. So it is a nonverbal, unconscious way to blame. So using I statements, emotionally safe. And ownership is a really great way to start to resolve and discuss ownership in blaming. 
And then I think the other thing we learned, and we had a couple voicemails that alluded to it, is why are these high-stake relationships, moms, dads, boyfriends, girlfriends, siblings, so volatile? Well, because they're important relationships to us. There's a lot of emotional investment there, so they heat up really quickly. And we want the people in those relationships who we love to love us, and we don't want them to see ourselves as wrong. So we don't want to be blamed, and the walls go up. So again... That's why those blow up so quickly and so often, number one. But number two, you got to go back to the positive communication skills we just talked about of ownership, emotional safety, using I statements for a better overall communication dynamic in those relationships. So there are key points. Take a listen. Listen a couple times because it's going to take a lot of time to get that down. But they're the greatest tools to deal with navigation of blame. Come on back anytime, 1-855-767-4966, 1-855-SOPHIE-NOW. I'm on iTunes. Download my app. It's free. Check it out. Tons of information. My website, www.drsophie.com. And podcasts are also on the website and iTunes. Please take a listen. I want to thank you so much for listening and for jumping in. Give me some voicemails, some great emails. I love your questions and your responses because they really help further the education of each one of these podcasts. Grab my book, Side by Side, Revolutionary Mother-Daughter Conflict-Free Program for Communication Between Moms and Daughters. And follow me on Facebook and Twitter and visit iTunes to download the full version of Andy Grammer's Keep Your Head Up. And don't forget to sweep. But you gotta keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down. Hey, you gotta keep your head up. Oh, and you can let your head down.